morning. You guys doing well? All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you up front, I make no promises about this morning. Uh, there's something about not eating food all week and seeking God that, that, that does make your... Uh, your pursuit of his kingdom a little different. So I'm, I'm really grateful that we're gathered together this morning. And I'm, I'm anticipating that it's going to be um, meaningful. That's really, I, that's, maybe that's the word that God has put in my eyes. I just think it's hopefully going to bring some clarity for some of you. And just, some, uh, just as a positive God's love and his kindness towards you. So anyways, a few things of business before we... Uh, talk about worship this morning. So first up, we do have a marriage retreat coming. And, um, oh, I skipped our prayer request. You guys can go back. I'm so bad. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit in la-la land at the moment. I will come back to reality. For those of you who are newer, newer, welcome. You can fill that deal out. Drop it in the offering box by the door, and we'd love to connect with you. Also, your prayer request, praise reports on the back there. Um, we'd love to get you on the prayer chain, keep you in prayer. Um, and then now back to the marriage retreat thing. We do have a marriage retreat coming, which is our first one, which is kind of cool. Um, we're joining uh, Family Life. It's uh, May the 29th through the 31st. The cost is $175. And there's some directions out of Connection Corner to sign up. Now, you have to do that by the end of the month, um, or you don't uh, get the discount. The discount will lessen. We still do get one because of our group. Now, I also want to encourage you, make sure you put the group name on when you register, because the group name allows us to scholarship one in every five people. So if there's somebody who's struggling, you need to talk to me. I want you to go. I want you to go. So if you're saying, hey, I can't afford 175, you just need to come to talk to me because if we get enough people to go, we can sponsor you. We'd love for you to go. Either way, we'll partner with you to go because we want you to go. Now, the 175 covers the conference, does not cover the stay. So if you want to stay, you can get a hotel room down there. A few people are staying at the Hyatt, I believe. Um, but you can connect with other people or find something reasonable, or you can drive because it's only in Anaheim. So marriage retreat, I know I'm going. I, I'm a pastor, so I get to go for free. Somebody say amen. That's kind of, yeah, it's cool. There are some perks to this job. I love it. Um, so, yeah, Heather and I are planning to go, so we'll be there with you. And uh, I'm sure laughing and eating, you guys will see a side of me you've never seen. I'm a little more goofy than I am in the pulpit, so we'll have a little fun together. Um, but... The date is through the 27th of this month that you get the half price deal. So sign up at Connection Corner. We'll get you plugged in for that. Um, our midweek service will be kicking back off. This, is, um, this, this series is titled Your God Design. Now, I want to encourage you all. We have uh, Brenda Renderos. I, I met her through Water of Life East Avenue. Um, she uh, teaches on a, it's kind of like a personality assessment sort of a thing. How many of you guys have ever heard of an Enneagram? That, that, it, so, so that's the tool we're going to use in this study, and, and I don't want you to get caught up on the tool because the, the idea is this, that our church values healing. We want to see people grow, and what's really, really fascinating about this is it gives you kind of this assessment of yourself. It's similar to Uniquely You, but not. You know, some of you have done Uniquely You with me. Um, it's a little bit different, but Brenda's actually going to come and teach the classes for us, and she's a little bit of a, an aficionado on it, so I, I'm confident she'll do an extraordinary job. It'll be the same format. Now, if you're going to do this, though, you do need to sign up because we're going to pay for your assessment. It's a $12 assessment. You're going to get a little readout thing. It's really cool, actually. It was really, really eye-opening for me because I took it, and then I used it to look at my elders and my staff, 
and I, it brought so much clarity to the reason why they don't understand me and I don't understand them sometimes. <laughs> you guys ever gone in circles with people? Yeah. You're like, oh, it's so frustrating. This will help you understand why it's frustrating. You know, when you, okay, watch, I'm, I'm gonna tell my elders. My elders are great guys. All of them are wonderful guys. They're all peacemakers. And if you know them, you know that to be true about them. But one of the things that I've always struggled with with them is, like, I'll say something and then nothing will happen. Now, now you're going like, that's terrible. They don't do anything. No, no, no. Peacemakers only do what they're told to do because they don't want to create conflict. So if you're a peacemaker, you want somebody to say, here's the road, walk this road, make that call, do this thing. So, so there were times where I was like, man, why the heck won't these guys do anything? No, sir, I'm not, I'm telling, I told them this at the retreat, so I'm not saying anything. We haven't openly, I'm pointing to Russ because you're in the front row, but we haven't openly discussed. Um, but, but it was funny that all four of them are wired that way. And, and so I, I just started to take a personal assessment. How do I help them grow? And what do they add to me that helps me to grow? That's a good thing. Would, would that be beneficial in your marriage, people? Hello? With your kids? Hello? That, that's why we're doing this. So that's Wednesdays. It'll be starting in a, in a few weeks on the 5th. Um, the same format, 7 to 8.30, we'll be together. Come on out. We'll break into small groups for discussion. Sign up at Connection Corner so that we can send you the assessment code. You don't get to do it unless we send you the code. So Connection Corner right after service, go sign up, and we would love to be able to help you grow. Um, we're also working on some community outreach stuff. So Wednesday, you can meet here at the church at 12.30. They're going to put together some sack lunches. They're going out to a park in San Bernardino, uh, bringing some meals to the homeless and then ministering to them, to them. That's what John and Marcy, I know Ramona, I think uh, Jojo and Kathy were there as well. Several people went out to just go be a blessing to people. If you can make that window right here at the church, Wednesdays, 1230, you can go with them. And then uh, next Sunday night, the 26th, 530, we'll be here for a potluck. How many like potlucks? My, my weight doesn't like potluck, but my mouth does. I'm just saying. <laughs> We will be together for a potluck, January 26th. Now, this is our all-church meeting. So if this is your home, you should be at this meeting. Like, don't, don't, listen, we even planned it so it wasn't on a football Sunday, okay? <laughs> I'm serious, because we didn't want to lose the battle. I'm just saying, you know? Some of y'all don't believe in TiVo. You don't want to watch the game later. You know, you don't. So we did plan it, but bring something to share. Come on out. We're going we're gonna, to, like, review what we accomplished last year, because last year was a pretty amazing year, actually. And we're going to talk about where we're going next year. So that'll be uh, 5.30. We'll eat together. 6, we'll have the meeting. Usually we're done by about 7.30 or so. So that's on the 26th. If this is your home, that's a meeting you should be at. And then we have a Summit Youth Conference coming. This is really for the parents. The cost of the conference is $30. It's the 21st, 22nd. And they'll be driving the kids back and forth that Friday and Saturday. Um, it, the cost, like I said, 30 bucks. Sign them up at Connection Corner. Parents, they went to a showing to get the price down. It was 85 bucks a kid. They went and watched a show yesterday and raised like, I don't know, 600 bucks or something like that to make the price cheaper. Okay, so they're going to do a couple other fundraisers so all the kids can go. If you can't afford to send your kid, you need to come talk to us. We will happily sponsor your kid. We don't want them to miss it. So sign up, Connection Corner for your kid. Get the monies in, get them going. Young adults, I love you all, but we are not meeting today. There was a gap. I didn't confirm with, with uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm dropping stuff. I didn't confirm um, with Faith, and so Faith was waiting for me to confirm, so she didn't send a message because I didn't do my job. She wasn't able to do hers, so we're going to replan another meeting. And I'm looking out, I'm like, you're all here this morning. <laughs> I feel, we can all go to lunch after if you really want. I don't know. But anyway, so we're not doing a young adults meeting today. So uh, anyways, 
that's it. That's all the, the announcements. Um, let's pray. Let's pray to get into the Word this morning. Um, Lord, thank you that we can gather today. And Lord, I, I want to just say how grateful I am for what you do um, in our church, especially in lines of worship. You know, I'm grateful that this morning's worship and Kevin's lead and his work with the team as a whole, not just Kevin, but Steve and Vic and Santosh and all the players that are behind them, all of these folks are just so devoted to the kingdom of God and they keep growing themselves and they keep bringing us into your presence. We want to say thank you that you brought big-hearted people our way to do that. And God, as we talk about worship this morning, I pray that you would help us to just grow. You just help us to, to grow in hunger and passion and desire for the things of God. And we just pray you bless our time right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, um, I have written a sermon. I'm pretty confident I'm not going to preach it. You'll get bits of it. You don't know that because you don't know what I have on my sheet right here, so that's okay. But if it's okay with you, um, I do want to talk about worship. And, and this morning, I want to talk about why we worship as a church, Summit, and why our worship is the way it is and why it feels the way that it does. And I'm going to ask you guys a little bit of permission to tell some of my own story. Now, I tell stories all the time, um, but I, that's a tension for me because I like to root whatever I'm talking about directly in the Word of God. Now, there'll be a lot of Bible in this morning. I don't want you to think I, I would get up here and just talk for an hour with you and not bring the scriptures in. Um, but as I was just praying through and wrestling around and researching and, and listening to other folks' thoughts on worship this morning, I, I really felt like the Lord said, even I finished my sermon, I rewrote it, I rewrote it again, and then I walked in here and I rewrote it in my office again. I'm not, I'm not playing with you. So I just went, you know what, God, I'm going to get up. There's more than I could ever share in the amount of time I have. But I just want to talk some about the journey of worship and how to grow in worship and what worship does. And so when I first became a Christian, um, one, I liked music a lot before I, I came to Christ. And it didn't stop after I came to Christ, but a lot of the music that I listened to was, was really worldly stuff. And a lot of it wasn't God-honoring, and a lot of it was, I, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily evil, but it certainly didn't have anything of nobility or worth or health or, you know, I know I'm talking to some of you even when I say that, because some of the stuff you listen to is, is probably um, not very God-honoring, just honestly. Um, and, you know, I, I might get up and walk around and preach to you a little bit, but right now I feel like I want to talk to you some. No, seriously, because I feel the... the um, the magnitude of the moment, that's really what I feel. I feel like this, that it's a defining moment in our church. And I feel like it'll be a defining moment for some of you. And um, what, what I was experiencing, I, I was very logical, uh, um, intelligent. And so when I would come to God, I always wanted to come to God to figure him out. Anybody else want to figure God out? You guys understand what I'm saying? So I always wanted to figure him out. And, and what I couldn't figure out is I would go into church services and and worship would happen, and I, I could not understand the, the feelings that I would have. And the, the sense of presence, peace, and, and no one could put context to it for me. And not, not, maybe I wasn't asking, and I wasn't in any environments where they were teaching it. But I knew that I would go in, and, and the truth, I'll just be honest with you, I didn't like church music. I didn't. It, and in, in, the, in the olden days, and I say olden days, I've been a Christian over 30 years, in the olden days, the music was hokey. I mean, I sent Kevin a, a song this week, and I said, dude, listen to this song. Listen to the flow, the, the intonation, the dynamics. 
but it was a song from the early 90s. And when he came back to me, he said, it was a really cool song. He goes, but I had a hard time getting over those organs. Like he said, it was just because the music was not, wasn't hip, it wasn't creative. But there was an anointing. It was a song by Vineyard called True Love. And um, just a really, really powerful song. And, and so I, I'm, I was experiencing those kinds of things. Like I, I would sit in a church service and I would sing a song and, and I found myself kind of being unraveled by God a little bit. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. You ever come into church and you want to stay protected but you don't feel like you can? Does this make sense to anybody? Help me. Tell, does this make sense to anybody? Yeah? Am I, are you guys with me some? And, and, and sometimes I would sit with this, this sense of, I really like this and I'm super uncomfortable with it. Am I talking to anybody? Like, I like it because I feel like I'm becoming honest with God, um, intimate with God, vulnerable, I just heard, vulnerable with God. And at the same time, I was like, oh, heck no. Like, I little like... That's why, like, when Kevin was singing, I'm, I'm no longer a slave to fear this morning, honestly, I was actually in tears in the front row because I remember when God broke fear off of me. I mean, I, I literally remember it. I remember feeling like I'm not screwed up. I'm fearfully, I'm wonderfully. I remember it. I remember the moment. I was, didn't mean to be this emotional. God, you tricked me. That's not fair. <laughs> I remember sitting in the service I was in a vineyard down in Laguna Beach, and I remember the warmth of God and his love, his acceptance was so resting on me, I wanted to run out of the room, because it made me so unraveled. I'm like, I was with friends, I'm like, what if they see me cry? And I'm sitting in front of all you crying. <laughs> and, and I started to find this, this sense of acceptance and identity and relationship with God that I didn't discover in my head. It didn't happen with my intellect. And I was smart. I studied the scripture. I still study the scripture. I love the scriptures. But I couldn't explain what was happening in my heart. Has this happened to anybody else? And so I, I found myself um, almost weird. I, 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 would, I would get home and I had no problem sitting in my room for two or three hours with worship playing and just letting the presence of God show up in my room. Just, oh man, it was beautiful. It was be and I would sit, sometimes a song had hit me, and I, I had a pretty cool stereo, like that was the only light in the room, the whole thing would glow the room, and, and so I'd hit the repeat button and I would just sit. And what was happening was God was washing, he was healing me. He was making me comfortable with who he made me to be, and, and I was discovering something of God's goodness to me that I, I can explain to you biblically, but I could not explain what he was doing in me, in my mind, my emotions, in my spirit. And I found myself, like, there, I, I lived with a whole bunch of college students because I was a college pastor at Water of Life. And so there, they, there was always people, like we were Grand Central Station. And there were times I'd come out and there'd be five people sleeping on the floor. I don't know who they were, you know. <laughs> I, it was like, it was like a, a mission of sorts. People were always around. And and so sometimes people would come over to see other people. And, and one day I was in my room and I was worshiping. And I didn't know that anybody could hear me singing. I, I didn't really care that they did. But I was just with God and I was listening to a CD and I was singing. And the person told me later, they said, we snuck out in the backyard to see if we could see what you were doing in your room because we wanted to copy it. Aww. And, 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 I, and I remember thinking, 
okay, that's, you're spying on me? That's like stalking, like you were worship stalking me. That, you know, I just thought it was weird. And, but, but what was happening was God was releasing something in me and people were wanting, wanting it. It wasn't that I was special, it was that I was starting to discover that God's presence is so, so good. It's so, so powerful. And, and what I was doing is I just kept going because I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't find myself um, full enough. Like, it, it's kind of like, you ever gone to a buffet and you think, I probably shouldn't do one more plate. But you do it anyways. Or you go out to all-you-can-eat sushi and you're like, I can't let it go to waste. So you eat it, you know what I'm... That's what it was like. I, I just needed more. And I didn't realize at that time that God was shaping something in me. And, and he was shaping something in me also that I impart to you. And I, and I didn't realize that then. I just knew it was really good. And I knew that he was loving me, and I knew that he was restoring me, and he was giving me identity, and he was giving me clarity, and he was giving me a sense of purpose. And, and I was, like, just marveled by it because... I, you know, I grew up in an Italian home. And if you want to, like, use whatever mochismo culture you want to, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. You know, put a lot of uh, mochismo in it, and that was my father. And that was what, what was modeled for me. You don't, you're never weak. You don't ever cry. You never show vulnerability. That's just not what you do. You're always in control. And so this was really hard for me because I found myself surrendered to God, wanting what he had, but not fully understanding what was happening. And, and there, I remember there was one point in it where I was worshiping and I said to God, this is weird. Like, this is weird. And he said, you just, you walk with me and I'll release something through your life that will ch touch other people. You just walk with me. And I'll show you stuff about my goodness that other people don't see or understand. And it's not because you're better. It's because I've appointed you. That, that's all it is. And for those of you who are worshipers or worship leaders in our church, you understand what I'm saying because you know what I'm talking about. You enter into the presence of God, and you know it's because you have a gift because you were appointed to lead others there. I mean, I'm looking at Vic. Vic, I know, you, Kevin, you know this. This is just part of the mantle of leading. But I also know this. That gift of intimacy isn't for me. It's for us. It's for all of us. So in that season, there were a few scriptures that I'm going to have Alex put up one by one on the board, actually, if we could do it that way, that were really meaningful in that time. And, and I don't know how far I'm going to get as far as notes are concerned, but I'm hoping that you'll take away a few things that I think are meaningful. But could we put the first scripture up? And this is Second Chronicles 16.9. And like I said, I, I found this desire to discover the fullness of God. I, I found this desire like I could never get enough of his goodness or his presence. And this is one of the scriptures says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. And I found myself going, Okay, God, how much of my heart is yours? That's the same question I have for all of you. How much of your heart is his? Because I can tell you there's more of him. He's better than you think he is. But this was start, started something of passion in me. Let's go to the next scripture. It started something of hunger in me that, that I knew that if I kept going after God, that he would give me something more of himself. And in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me. You know, some of you don't 
you have a hard time finding God just because you don't seek him. That, that's all it is. You just don't go after it. And I'm not trying to be, I'm trying to help you grow right now. That's it. There's no condemnation in anything I'm saying right now. I, I don't want you to take anything away of guilt or shame. But I know this. If you seek God, you will find him. Jesus promised it too. He said, if seek, ask, knock, it will be opened. I'll show you. That's what he said. When you search for me with eh, some of your heart, all your heart. See, it's what we talked about last week, that, that God has to be who? First. He's got to be top of the heap. And when you make him third, fourth, fifth, tenth, you know, it's not that he doesn't love you. It, listen, let me help you with something. God is so crazy about you. Even when you make him 33rd, he doesn't care. That, it, it, like, he wants to be first, understand. But you make him 33rd. When you meet him at 33rd, he'll give you. He'll give you. He'll still show up. Come on, how many times have you guys gone months without talking to God, showing up in a church, offering a prayer, even thinking it like life is crazy? Then you stop and you go, God, would you please help me? And then he does. At that time, he was like 198 on the list. I mean, he wasn't even close. I mean, like way down there. See, and I, and I discovered something in that season that if I'll seek God, I'll find God. But it's not a half-hearted thing. It's a wholehearted thing. And it's not a condemning thing. It's not a, I measure more, I have, no, no guilt. See, see, listen, this, this is what I know. Coming to church this morning, this is what I know. Some of you barely got out the door. Some of you fought with kids to get here. Some of you fought with your spouses to get here. Some of you were like, darn it, do I have enough gas to get here? <laughs> you know, it, you know, like it wasn't easy to get in the door. So I know some of you didn't spend four hours this morning praying for what we're talking about. I did. So I walk in like, oh, let's do this. Come on, God. And some of you are like, I'm just here, man. Like, you got to think like this. Like, like, church is kind of like a gas station. No, some of you just need to top it off. But others of you ain't going to get home unless you get a little gas. You get what I'm saying? Like, here you came in on fumes. You're not going to make it anywhere unless you get something. And for a long time in my leadership and my pastorate, I would come into church and I'd be so frustrated. I'd be like, why don't they want to worship you, God? Why don't they, why don't they want more? And I, I started to learn, listening to other people, learning from other people, reading other stuff. Some of you had all to do just to get out the door this morning. Some of you had all to do just to think like, this is the last day I'm going. If God doesn't talk to me today, I'm never going back. Like I know that, I felt that. I know that feeling. Or if you're not going to help me, then why would I go? Why would I worship a God that doesn't, you know, all the things. We all say those things. And I know that this morning, some of you barely got here. So my, my hope for you is that you take away this. No guilt. If you seek him, you will find him. L listen, if you say, man, I can't give him, give him whatever you got. Give him whatever you've got. He'll take it. He'll multiply it. And then he'll hand it back to you looking way better than what you got right now. Is that glorious or what? Come on. Let's go to the next scripture. In this season, we, I, I found myself discovering the nature of God and the goodness of God. And, and I found myself really trying to understand him. But like I said, I would sit with him and he would show up. And, and I know some of you are thinking, man, there is no way in the world I'm going to sit listening to that hokey music for two hours. Um, you know what? If God shows up, you will. 
I'm just telling you because, listen, I listened to Rush, Led Zeppelin, Van Halen, and now I'm listening to Lord, I lift your name on high. And I remember thinking, no, this isn't good. But then he would show up and minister to my heart and I would find myself resting in who he designed me to be, a worshiper. See, we're all worshipers. We talked about that last week. Everybody worships something. And that's what I started to discover in my own life. And this scripture, Zephaniah 3.17, this, by the way, is probably one of my favorite personal me and God scriptures in all of the Bible. And it says, the Lord your God, he's in your midst. He's a victorious warrior. How, how many of you need to know that God is not only with you in your midst, but he wins? Come on. How many of you need to know that? See, and I found myself struggling with winning and identity and who am I? And, and then it says this, he will exult over you with joy. Now, every, how many of you guys ever get excited about your kids? How many of you guys got kids? You get excited about your kids? Man, I'll tell you what, that's God. You know, like my, my kids, they've all had different seasons where they've done just things that are amazing. As a dad, I'm just humbled by how much I've watched them grow and the things I've seen them do, whether it's Michael and his EMT license and doing really well, or Julia getting MVP, or Bella and Julia leading worship, and I just all the seasons of their life that I've, I, there's just a proudness. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, those are my kids. That's God. <laughs> He will exult over you with joy. He's equally excited about you in this one. He'll quiet you with his love. How many of you guys have like, your head's like a roulette wheel? Place your bets, place your bets. Play, come on, you know what I'm talking about? There's always thoughts spinning. It's so fast, you don't ever get peace. And God says, if you'll stop long enough, I'll quiet you down a little bit. How many of you guys have ever known the quieting of God's love? Where it's stirring, you're freaking out, and he says, my peace I live, leave you, my peace I give. I don't give it as the world gives. It's not a passing peace. It's a peace of presence. That's what he was doing. This scripture is so powerful. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. There other versions say this. He, he rejoices over you with singing. He rejoices over you with song. And, and in this season, I, I was the college pastor. This is the front end of this. And there were a couple of really good friends, a buddy of mine named Eric Whitney, a, another guy named Rob Cope. And we all did music together. And we wrote a song to that, that. Actually, I need to give it to you guys. Kevin, remind me. You guys will think it's old school and hokey, but it's beautiful. Never got produced anywhere. We led it in our ministries. The Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He'll quiet you with his love. He rejoices Amen. over you. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And I remember in that season, we were all so like, all of us were going through stuff. Now, I had my heart broken. My buddy Rob, his wife left him, and he's my roommate now. And, and Eric was starting to figure out who he was. We're all together. I was hoping Eric was going to be here today. And, and we were all together and just, but we were just learning who we were in Christ. And listen, that was coming because we found ourselves sitting with God and letting him heal us. We actually let him sing over us. Now, some of you young people, I love y'all. You guys are like, this is so hokey. You won't think that in 10 years, I promise you. Hokey's good. Listen, take it from the old gray here, dude. I'm actually gray now. That what I'm saying is more valuable than what you might understand it to be. And I don't mean that like, like when we're young, we just think, ah, yeah, ah, it's old people. Listen, what I'm telling you right now is God is crazy about you. 
and he knows your thoughts. Listen, all you young people, like I have three young people, all of you are in seasons of great transition. You're trying to discover, what do I do with my education? What do I do with my career? What about this boy or girl I'm dating? You guys are trying to figure out, like, these are major, major life decisions. And you've got the pressure cooker on to try to figure that out. And, and listen, I want to cheer you on. God knows what your destiny is before you do. And if you'll seek him, you'll find him. He'll lead you. He'll show you. I mean, I'll tell you, like another time, not enough time to do it. If I told you how I got here, you would laugh. Because it makes no sense that I would be a pastor today based on my journey. No, no sense whatsoever, other than God's destiny was for me to be this person. Now, I know not everybody's a pastor. You know, maybe you're supposed to be a, a great Christian teacher, a great Christian businessman, or great Christian contractor. I, I don't know what you do but a great Christian living for God wherever you are. You, you get what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you do, do it with all of your might. That honors God. We were discovering that in this season. We were discovering it because we found ourselves just bowing our hearts before God, singing out, worshiping Him. That is the, the like, that's a signature verse for me. I'm pointing at the back wall because it's on the screen back there for me so that I can read without turning around. Not that you guys want to look at my back. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious word. He will exult over you with joy. He will quiet you with his love. He'll rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Man, God is for you. Listen, again, more verses that were just meaningful in that season. Let's go to the next one. And I'm just trying to show you snippets of things that God revealed to me. Micah 7:18. it says, who is a God like you? Because you know what? I asked God that question. How could you pick me? How many of you guys have done really dumb things? Yeah. And then you think, God, how could you love me? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, that's, this was me. This was a question. I would, oh, who's a God like you? Who pardons iniquity? By the way, iniquity is when you choose to do wrong. Anybody in the room chosen to do wrong? Come on. You're like, I probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> you know, you choose iniquity. That is exactly it. And I found myself going, you pardon that. Why would you pardon that? Party, and you pass it over my rebellious acts. And I found myself discovering there was nothing I could do that could violate God's love for me. Now, I say this, anytime I say this, this is not a permission to sin. It's, it's a point of humility. It's a point of understanding. God is so crazy about you. He doesn't want you doing iniquity and rebelliousness. But if you do, he pardons it. And I found myself just discovering, like, God, you don't make sense. I mean, I was a little Catholic boy. I grew up with the big, scary God. Yes. Like, he was going to get me. That's what I was taught. Don't do anything wrong. God's going to get you. Listen, no shame on Catholicism. If you're Catholic, you love Jesus, no problem for me. I'm telling you, my experience was this. God was mean. He was waiting to get me. Like God wanted to whip me and Jesus was doing that. Come on, Dad, just give me a minute with him. It was kind of like that. And I couldn't ever understand how God could be loving and brutal. And it just didn't make sense to me. And he says that he passes over my rebellious acts of the remnant of his possession. In other words, if I belong to him, he does not retain his anger forever. By the way, God does get mad at us now and again. Can somebody say amen? How many's ever gotten a, gotten a holy whooping from God? Come on. I've gotten a holy whooping or two in my life. But I learned this in this season that his anger is never forever because he delights 
and un unchanging love, or he delights in mercy is another way that would be said. And I started to learn the difference between God's grace and his mercy. See, God's grace is giving you something that you don't deserve, and God's mercy is not giving you something you do deserve. And I found myself making mistakes, waiting to be punished, and he would give me mercy. And, and I was baffled by this. Anybody else been baffled by this? How could God love me? I mean, like, like some of you did some stuff yesterday that you're sitting here today going, how could God love me? Maybe you did it this morning. I don't know. I'm just saying. But I started to learn that he's a God of mercy and un, unfailing love. And I started to rest in this person of, of Jesus, this, this character of God that, that was so different than how I had pictured him. And I started to learn, hey, I'm okay with God, even when I'm not okay. That's a big deal, by the way. Amen. That God's love is unfailing. God's love is for you. It's never, never against you. Let's go to the next verse. This is Hebrews 11:6, And now I'm going to raise the bar a little bit for y'all. Okay, I'm going to raise the bar a little bit because also what I discovered in this season was I couldn't be flippant with God. I couldn't take this grace and this mercy for granted. I couldn't take the gift of his presence and be kind of like, eh, you know, I'll take it or leave it. I'll, I'll go to church. I'll be there on time. I won't go. Eh, maybe I'll listen to the right music. Maybe I won't. I, I can't just take it casually. And it, and it says this in Hebrews 11:6. It says, and without faith, say without faith, it is impossible to please him. And I started to learn in my life that what God was doing was he was showing me his presence so that he could grow me to believe him. Like faith to get saved is saying, I believe Jesus is the redeemer, the savior of the world. I, I believe that about him. But faith to watch God do greater in your life, that's not that, that I don't want to say elementary level of faith, although the Bible does speak of it as elementary faith. Salvation is actually the entry gate, if you will, of faith. Deeper faith is when you let him transform your life, when you let him grow you, when you let him transform you, when you let him into your anger, when you let him into your unforgiveness, and you agree with his will and his way in your life. You guys understand what I'm saying? This is the higher bar. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. It starts right there. You've got to believe that God is real. Amen. Listen to me, church. You don't come to church because you're supposed to. You come to church for what I just read. You've got to believe that God is real. His presence is real. His possibility is real. That he is and that he's the what? Rewarder. He's the what? The rewarder. He's the what? He rewards. Listen, don't be all casually humble like, oh, I just do it for Jesus. Baloney. I want to be what? Rewarded. God rewards those who seek him. You know, I've watched people who have great favor on their life. And there's times I've been jealous of them. Anybody else? Yeah. You're kind of like, man, it's just not fair. How come? How come? And then what I find is as I get closer to those people, there's a diligent believing of who he is and seeking him. There's something about the way they walk with God that, that opens up his possibility and his favor. Does this make sense? Like, like it opens up the, the floodgates of heaven, if you will. 
it creates opportunity and possibility. And I've had people say that to me in my own life, like, man, God really blessed you. Like, he bails you out all the time. <laughs> he does, by the way. He really does bail. I've, I've done a lot of really stupid things. And I'm talking about as the minister here. I've done really what? Hey, that's not nice. Come on. <laughs> you have too. You all have done nutso things. You've done crazy crazy things. It's like we do cockeyed upside down things and then we expect God to work in them. We don't understand why he doesn't. Watch. Then he does. And he rescues us. He's done that with me. My whole walk with him. I want to be perfect, but only one is perfect and it's not me. It's God himself. Listen, I'm trying to give you a little grace right now. Like you will never get to where you want to be except for just resting. Walking in faith, trusting it back to God. It, what I'm talking about, just so that you all know, this, it's not easy. I'm not talking about something that's easy. I'm talking about this, this idea of, of humility, this idea of bowing low. See, one of the things that God does when he's teaching us to worship, initially, I, I would say that the greatest model that you can see is just look at the life of Jesus. That, that's the greatest model. There is no greater model than how Jesus behaved, whether it was singing a song of worship right before he went to the cross at the Last Supper or, or other times where, where he talked to the woman at the well, or, you know, those who worship would worship in spirit and truth. I mean, Jesus was, was a worshiper of the Father. And Paul, when he writes about this in Philippians, he says this of Jesus, that, that he condescended himself or he lowered himself a little lower than the angels and he emptied himself, the kenosis of Christ. He lowered himself and he emptied himself and he became like a man. Now, I, I don't know, like, like, I understand it because I study the Bible, but if I were to say to any one of us, give up your role, your right, your stuff, your wealth, your position, your authority, and go to the worst spot that you could be in human existence, take that. All of us would say what to that? No, no. no, no I don't want to do that. But that's actually what Jesus did. And, and God says, through the Apostle Paul, Jesus in doing that, that he exalted him far above every other person. That's what God did for Jesus. So Jesus' expression of worship was born out of humility. Which, when we come together as a church, and we humble ourselves, God shows up. You ever come in mad? How many of you guys ever come in mad? First song, still mad. Second song, you're still mad. Now you're mad they picked that song because you don't even like it. You know, and you're mad and they're playing. The band's not that good that day and somebody's singing off key and you're all grumpy. I knew I shouldn't have come to church. And then the fourth song hits and God shows up and he starts to massage your heart a little bit. And you're like, well, I don't really want to be mad anymore. But if I give up my right to be mad and God says, you don't need to be mad. Yeah, this happened? And he massages your heart a little bit and he says, hey, my interest with you is this, humility, so that you and I can be face to face. That, that's really all I would, that's, listen, that's what God wants. When we gather together in worship, what God is desiring, looking for, is an intimate encounter with each and every one of us. Amen. It's why I say stuff like this to you. When we come together as a church, I expect the supernatural to happen. Yes. What kind of pastor would I be if we only did the program? I'm just telling you the truth. And, but you've got to understand, what I just said to you started 30 years ago in my living room, in my bedroom, on my knees, with worship playing, 
saying, God, keep healing me, please. Keep healing me because I, I love what you're doing in me. And even though it's unraveling and uncomfortable and sometimes a little scary. And what if I don't like who I am when you're done? No, I, yeah, I was just being honest. Oh, I like who I am now that I, I'm glad he's done. Well, he ain't done quite yet, but he's way better than it used to be, right? But that's what I started to really discover in this season that like what we do here today started 30 years ago in my, in my bedroom alone, on my knees, just letting God wash over my own pains and hurts and in life. You know, you know, and I just found myself sitting going, God, I need more. So, so when I lead a church, I have people say this to me often. Sometimes I get comment cards, people drop them in and they say, I liked your church service. It, you know, the teaching was good or, or I liked the worship. And I hear this, this is the number one, you want to hear the number one complaint I get about our church. Your service is very long. That's it. That's actually it. You know what I get? Our church is super friendly. I, people say you're friendly. People say people welcome me. They greeted me. They helped me find the children's ministry. People say we're friendly. But they always say, but your church service was really long, and your seats are hard. That, by, by the way, we're going to bring kind of this idea to buy seats. We, we need your help doing it. But, but it's time. It's time to put your, your rump in a more comfortable cushion because I don't want to go shorter. I'm just saying. I don't. No. No, but yeah. Man, if you grew up Catholic, we sat on wood. It was worse than this. <laughs> and they weren't comfortable. They weren't <laughs> I remember kneeling in those stupid little flip-down things. I'm just saying. Wow, this is very off the cuff. So, so I, I, I find myself running the tension between creating enough space for your, your heart to be softened by God during worship. So when people ask me, why do you let worship go as long as you do? Because some people crawled in the door. They barely made it. It takes them five or six songs just to get to where they're like, okay, I'll sit for the sermon. You know, where they're not like, you know, I'm going to sneak out, pretend like I'm going to the bathroom and I'm out. I'm going to go get Denny's. <laughs> you know, it's too hard a week. Because I know that happens sometimes. Heck, I did that sometimes. Show up at church, shake a few hands. So people knew I was there, and then I'd go to breakfast. No, because I was hurting. I, I didn't, like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it with other people watching. You know, that, so I'd do it alone sometimes. I understand that. Like, no, no stones being thrown. So, so we create space and a little bit of length so that there's opportunity. Now, if you're a worshiper, this is what you're saying. Oh, I love that our worship goes 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Uh, li listen, others of you, you're kind of like, uh, I love it, too, because I can show up at 1030. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I'm just being honest. Like, I watch the parking lot sometimes, and I watch cars streaming in 1015, 1020. And then I watch y'all come in, and you go inside the cafe. You get coffee and a donut. Then you sit down. You start talking. By the way, hi, cafe people. I know you're in there. You, you know, I, I know. Listen, you guys want to hear a real funny story with the church? Like, we, we have wrestled around with, we want people to worship. Like, that's why we're here, right? Okay, maybe we should close down the coffee and cover up the donuts once the service starts. So you know what? We did it. No, no. Some of you are clapping. Watch. For those of you who come late and you get a donut, you're mad right now. I'm serious. I just know that. Look, Mike's swinging his arm in the room. Don't take the coffee away. 
I know y'all are laughing, but, but listen, we, we actually did this at one point. And I, you know what you guys did? You took the cover off and got a donut anyways. <laughs> no, you really did. We covered the coffee, you took the cover off, you filled yourself up a cup. Well, listen, sometimes it was my elders doing it. I mean, I'm just telling you. So instead of fighting with that, I learned that, that this, that, that that little bit of community in there, that hug, that handshake, that shared conversation over coffee, sometimes it serves a purpose that a song may not. Now, now listen, I, I said to you last week, there, there's things that, that we have to discover about our own journey with worship. And there's other things that we need to discipline ourselves into. And, and I want to encourage some of y'all, maybe take a little shorter in there and a little longer in here, because this will change your life. It really will. Donuts are good. I like donuts. Just said, don't everybody bring me a donut. I'm on a diet. Okay, I don't want a donut. Donuts are good, but, but listen, donuts don't change your life. They don't. Jesus does. And, and I want to encourage you as, you, as you journey with worship, allow yourself to, to, to push out of your comfort zone. Get in the room a little earlier. Show up on time sometimes. I'm not saying make it a rule or a law. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying this. Listen, I went to a church when I first got saved. This, this maybe paint the picture for you. And, and I was dating some girl. This was way before I met Heather. And we go into the worship center and we sit down. And in the middle of like the worship service, I have to use the men's room. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go up and I, I'm not allowed to say P-I or P-E-E. So I'm going to go up and use the men's room because that's the proper way to say it. My wife teases me all the time. You're 54 years old. You can't say that word. So I say it again, and she gets mad. So. so I get up, and I go to the restroom. And when I come back, they won't let me in. And I was like, well, the people I came with are in there. They said, so what? I, they Seriously, that's what the guy said. He was not real greatly trained. Well, so what? He says, you can sit outside, like in the outer courts. We got a speaker. You can still listen. Oh, man, I was fuming. I was so mad. I'm like, you won't even let me go back in. I didn't know you guys had this rule that I couldn't, can't go to the restroom, but they didn't let me back in. So when I started a church, that actually bugged me so much that I don't lock the door. I'm being serious with you, because this is what I thought. Everybody comes in different. Everybody comes in with different levels of comfort to discover who God is. And I know that when that, when that happened to me, it actually was a negative thing, not a It didn't make me go, oh, they revere the word of God. It made me kind of go, that's religious. So, so I don't do that, even though if I were honest with you, it's distracting when you all get up and down. It is. But I've been doing this a lot of years. It doesn't bother me a bit. I just preach straight over it. Sometimes I point you all out. I'm just saying. I'm... But our church is designed to worship because we understand this, that if we create enough space, God will meet with you. You know why I know that? Because he's met with me the same way. That, that's how God moves on the human heart. And, and when we make it a little too stuffy or a little too religious, it actually pushes people off instead of pulling them in. It kind of makes them outer court Christians instead of holy of holy Christians. And, and listen, I know this. It's some of you, li listen, I love y'all. Can I say something direct to some of you more mature Christians? Some of y'all need to get here on time. No, I'm just being straight with you. I'm actually not being funny right now. It's just a lack of discipline, and it's lazy. And you set a model for the people who are watching you. 
I, I don't mean that to be any guilt trip. I, that's not the purpose. You know if I'm talking to you, and you know if it's actually God saying, yeah, he's right. If it's not God saying he's right, you don't need to listen to me. The rest of y'all get coffee and donuts, talk to people, get in here. Because this is where lives get changed. Amen. Coffee and donuts is beautiful. God does great things over food. But there is something about your own heart surrendered in corporate worship. Amen. See, there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. It says that God made known to principalities and powers his manifold wisdom through the church. So when you come in and you do this, the demons go, what the heck? Why does that work? We sing a song, and the demons go, man, they get together and sing, and we can't show up in the room anymore. You know, you might have come in with somebody piggybacking on your shoulder, some spirits. You walk through the door, it ain't in here right now, I'll tell you the truth. It's not. You know why I know that? Because when we gather together, it chases off darkness. When we worship, hell hates worship. I won't go down that. Yeah, this will be fun. Let's do it anyways. How many of you guys have ever worked with somebody who's, who's demonized, spiritually oppressed, somebody who's jacked up? Just play music. Do worship. You'll watch them come unglued. It's, a, it's really fun, actually. It really is. No, but, I, but I mean, seriously, demons can't stand when Jesus is worshiped. They cannot. So a lot of times when we are uncomfortable, it's just simply because we got some funk. And when you come into worship, the funk stays outside, goes. That's why worship is so powerful. But, but back to the point I was making, because now I digress, tell you guys stories. We create a worship environment that allows you to come face to face with the relational God. It allows you to come to him with intimacy, with vulnerability, with honesty. You know, are we perfect at it? Show me anywhere that is. No? But that's our intent. When we gather to worship, we know this. God, like, you guys have heard me say this. I don't just say it casually. We could worship for two hours, and that would be more effective than you listening to me. I truly believe that. Even though I understand the preaching of the word is equally worship, I know that the dynamic of worship is very, very powerful. What time we got? I might be done. Not hungry at all. I actually feel great. I really do. I'm just trying to determine if there's something else that I need to share that's, like I told you guys, I, I didn't follow my notes, and it was very off the cuff, and I, I hope that you guys um, suffered the understanding of why I did it. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to finish with one thought, and then I'm going to have Kevin and the team come up and, and lead us in a time um, just, just to, to close everything up. See, when, when we do worship um, music, let's say music, there, there's uh, a connection, an expression. It, it takes us out of our, our thought processes and... Um, you know, you can read it. There's all kinds of studies on what music does in the human dynamic, how it, how it uh, fires different centers in our brain. I, I mean, there's actually a, a class out of the University of Florida that is titled Your, Your Brain on Music. And they do this whole study of what, the impact of music on, on the human, um, your physicality, your emotions, your mental stability, all of that. And they demonstrate in this class that, that music will bring healing, that it'll, it'll reduce depression, 
Um, it has effect on Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. I, I mean, there's, there's all these impacts that it has. It, it increases learning. By the way, if you got a small kid, get them in music. Small kids on music, it's shown that they are more intelligent when they get older. It, it, it gives them cognitive ability. And music, like if you don't know this, the, the Jewish people, they use music to remember the scriptures. You guys have all read the book of Psalms, haven't you? Yeah. The book of Psalms was designed to give testimony of God in song. That's actually like, when you guys sing, you know, blessed be the name of the, that, that, that's a psalm. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Revelation 4.8, it's a song. You know, and then this is true for all, how many of you guys, when you grew up, you, you watched those schoolhouse rock things? Yeah. You guys remember those? Yeah. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hook, and look at y'all singing it with me. Ah, Claus, watch, this is important, this is the preamble to the Constitution, we the people of the United States, we the people in order to form a murder. You guys don't know that one. Forget it. Okay. So, but that's how I remember the preamble to the Constitution. Music. See, we don't understand that a lot of the times we're singing, we're singing the testimonies of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and it, you're singing the scriptures over yourself. Yeah. And we know that, that Hebrews chapter 4 says this, the word of God is alive and active and living, breathing, sharper than any two-edged sword. Divide soul, spirit, joints, marrow. Judges the attitude, the intentions of the heart. See, there's this dynamic of music that happens when we sing the scriptures. They actually minister to us. Now, now, can I be honest with you? Not all of the modern worship music do I think is all that um, thoughtful. Just honestly, just being honest. Nor do I want to be a hymnal guy. I think that's a little bit old for me, personally. I like some hymns, not all of them. But what I really like, whether it's a hymn or modern, is when there's scripture in it. Because when I sing the testimonies of God, it births something in my heart of truth. And it sticks. You ever found yourself singing a worship song like in the middle of the day that was sung in the morning? Yeah. That's because it's, it's sticking with you. That's actually what's happening. It's building something of the presence of God and understanding in you. So what, what I want to do is, is just have a time where we go back into worship, a time where, where we just sing a song or two. Um, and in that song or two, we, we give ourselves just the opportunity with some of the things that I shared with you or however it is that you connect with God, to just settle your own heart, to let him rejoice over you with singing and rejoice over you with song. Like, let him rest his presence on you. Because I know this, if you came here this morning, you, some of you may have came out of duty, but I think pretty much every one of us would want to go out with a reward from God because of an encounter of faith. Amen. I'm pretty sure all of us Amen. would want that kind of an an example or that kind of an encounter. And I'm not supposed to do more. I want to pray for you all. Could you guys take the lights down? And I, I, I want to enter us into this time just with a little bit of prayer. And, you know, just so you all know, I appreciate you guys giving me the room to be a little bit off the cuff. Um, and my hope is that it encouraged you to understand that our church values worship or, or exhibits worship or demonstrates worship the way it does because it comes out of one, my own personal journey 
but it also comes out of what I see in the scriptures to be something of how God um, weaves his way into our hearts. I, I, don't know, I don't know another way to say it. And so often, if we'll just find ourselves at peace in his presence, you know, for some of you, you know, you might want to get up and lift your hands and worship. Some of you might want to kneel. Some of you might want to just sit there and let him wash over you. But I do know this, that there is an encounter that God wants to have with every one of you. And I don't know what your point of discovery, the, the point of blessing, the, the healing that might need to happen, the, the need that perhaps you're facing that, that you need to see God's fingerprints on it. But I would encourage you as, as we go back into worship, that's what the time is for, for you to discover that God is a God of grace and he's a God of mercy. And he loves you with a, just an everlasting love. He, he's not threatened by your anger, your frustration. He's not threatened by anything that's rumbling around in your hearts. He's, he's in the business of fixing hearts. He's in the business of chasing the one and leaving the 99 so that the one doesn't get lost. He's in the business of answering questions that are unknowable. He's in the business of bringing peace when there is no natural answer. So Holy Spirit, we pray right now and we invite your presence to be here in this place. Pray a release of your goodness and your grace. God, for those who need to have a, well, just a really deep emotional encounter, healing moment with you, I, I pray that they would feel the liberty and the freedom to have that with you right now. God, those who just need to sit and be filled, that's probably the category I'd put myself in, just more, just want more, just want to be at peace with you. God, for the needs represented in this room, the, the physical bodies that need to be healed, the broken hearts that need to be mended, the, the thoughts that are out of control that need to be tamed, the anxiety, the depression, the fear. God, that when we worship you, that you would break chains release bondages. God, I pray for a restored identity, restored identity, how you originally created us, not with all the sin and life experience and marring of the world, face-to-face, -face, personal, intimate.
alone by the way of your sin Jesus is called Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the world? Jesus is called Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought when Precious blood of Jesus Christ regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Come to the altar The Father's arms are open was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come to the altar 
children, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of oh. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's so sweet. It is so sweet. Precious blood of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Precious blood of Jesus Christ. Washing over us, washing over us, making us new. Making us whole again Precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, how you love us Precious blood of Jesus Christ We are really grateful for the altar that is in this place. And altars are places of exchanges. That's what they are. Places of worship. Where you give and you receive. You lay things down and you pick new things up. In a religious context, it would have been sacrificing an animal to get forgiveness. In a Jesus Christ context, it would be laying down our will to receive his forgiveness. Accepting him as Lord and, and Savior, Messiah, King, friend.
God is actually singing over you. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be weird, but it's a song he drops in your heart. And, he, and he's shifting things in many of you right now. He's shifting the old to the new. He's shifting the, the broken to the fixed. He's shifting the anger to peace and forgiveness. He's shifting your own self-condemnation into acceptance. Just shifting things. And God, we just want to bring our, our hearts before you. Listen, tell you how grateful we are. God, as we, as we just prepare our hearts to, to wrap up, we, we don't want to go with just that moment where hey, that was a neat day. God, I pray that it would ignite something of passion, something of hunger in us that we would seek and find, that we would go after the one who's the rewarder. God, I, I pray whether it's somebody who's new in the Lord or somebody who's old and crusty like me or older and crustier than I am, God, that we would just keep going after 
more, just a, a fresh and filling of who you are. God, I pray that we would leave today knowing that you're, you've made us accepted in the beloved. God, there aren't words that can really express how, how cool that is, other than to just say thank you, God. Thank you, God. Not worthy of it, we're super grateful for it. thought as we're sitting here like it's not supposed to just end <laughs> and I want to ask the ministry team if you're not already up here to come on up and I think just giving some of you an opportunity to let someone pray for you and bless you would be a good thing maybe some of you just need to sit you can sit in your chair come sit up at the altar come sit in front of the cross you know whatever connects you to God um, But I just want to invite you, why don't you come get some prayer right now? If you need to sneak out, I understand, we're going long. If you could do so quietly, we would appreciate that. But otherwise, I just want to say, why don't you, you know, slip out of your seat. Come let somebody believe for you this morning. Just pray for you, pray a blessing into you. Kevin will keep leading. Stay. 